Episode number 75. With my lovely friend, Tracy. She is the only friend that I have that has a blended family. Now, for those of you that don't know what that is, because I keep saying, I'm doing an episode about blended families, and people say, what's that? A blended family is when two people uh, either get married or live together, and they each have their own children that are now living together, right? Usually, they don't have to be living together, I guess, to be considered a blended family. But in this scenario, Tracy and her fiancé were blending their families. And she kind of, I wanted to talk to somebody who lives in that situation because I had a stepmom who was very important to me. And I know there's a lot of positive things and a lot of negative things about blended families. So I think we had a great conversation about the goods and the bads and the growths and the non-growths. And it's really interesting. Tracy's always such a great guest because she's so insightful about her own process. And I think when we are open about our own process and communicate that to other people, other people have the opportunity to maybe reflect on their own process, which is really great. That's how you grow. So, and anybody out there who's starting a blended family or combining families to make a blended family, maybe this will help you in some way. Maybe you could troubleshoot before trouble comes. Um, anyway, I really have been wanting to talk about this for a long time, and I'm really glad Tracy came by to, to, to fill me in on her experience of a blended family. So if you know anybody who could use this information or conversation, please share my podcast with them. Um, I would love that, and I, because the more people hear it and learn, the happier I feel. That's really the whole point. So... Oh, yes, I do have a Facebook group. So if you'd like, you can join the Facebook group and talk about that. My Facebook page is Wife of the Party. So super easy to find. Uh, Thanks for showing up every week. I appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy this episode with Tracy talking about blended families. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. came home from Europe and the next day got sick like bad cold and then had cold that was like Monday and then had that cold until the following Monday and then got food poisoning like face swelled up throwing up food poisoning from sushi don it was bad like his whole face swelled up you okay busted blood vessels in his eyeballs like it was I've never seen him throw up like that. It was bad. And then, but he was still sick. He still had the cold. (laughs) It was awful. He didn't even make it to the toilet. It was really bad. So, and then because I cleaned everything up, even though I was rubber gloves and Clorox and I'm not getting this, the next morning I woke up with his cold. Um, So I still have a goofy voice, but, but. um, Elizabeth and Xander have been sick for 
Elizabeth a solid week now, and Xander's four or five days, five day, four days. I can't remember. I feel like I'm sick every two months. I feel like Knockwood, since I have been on these new supplements, I am not getting sick. What supplements? Remember my holistic doctor I told you about? Yes. Yeah. What? What? I mean, are they like vitamins or? They are. I mean, I'm on Active B with folate. I'm on CoQ10. I'm on fish oils, chelated minerals. I mean, I have like 10 different supplements that I take. Some two, some one. Um, like my kidneys aren't functioning 100%. They're just always kind of been the weak link. Huh. So she gives me some detox stuff for that because I do have a cocktail here and again. Right. Um, what else? Uh, so just a bunch. And um, I started taking hemp oil. Yeah. And my thyroid, uh, the inflammation has gone down. That's awesome. And my hip doesn't hurt as much. Amazing. So, and it's kind of, I haven't taken it for like three or four days because I think I took too much the other day and I <laughs> ruined somebody. Ah, oh, geez. <laughs> a little, oh, that's a weird story. Like a weird story. So I was like, okay, maybe I need to stop taking this for a minute. Like what's the, f I haven't been in an accident in 40 years. Like what are the factors? Like what's different? I'm like right. fucking hemp oil maybe. I don't know. That's so, crazy. But what, what happened? Fine. You just rear-ended somebody? Just Yeah. Like I still don't know how I did it. You just kind of spaced out? No. That's no? the weird part is I didn't space out. I think it was a perfect storm. I was making a right. I watched her cross in front of me. I watched her pull in front of the driveway, uh, into the driveway for the gas station. I made a right. She wasn't there. And then I hit her. Like, huh. what the hell? So I think, I think she backed up to let somebody either go or pull out of the bay. And maybe I was looking ahead because I was going ahead. And she backed, maybe she backed up into me because I wasn't turning. Right. So it was just bizarre. How crazy. And then when I went back to look at it, like, how the hell did I do that? There was like one of those smog TP signs and a big pole, but I was already, I like, I literally don't know how I hit her. Huh? Yeah. What car annoying. were you in? The new one? The big one. No, uh, it's not new. Not you yet. Uh, uh, uh. No, I don't. I didn't get my new one yet. Okay. My Denali, my Yukon. Yeah. Yeah. My mountain on wheels. I know. I love that mountain on wheels. <laughs> I ha we have the 2019 Navigator. Anybody in the market for that? level of vehicle i highly recommend it they changed a lot of stuff in the 2019s and that is a sweet I'm gonna ride look at it. i'm gonna look at it. it is so comfortable and it's beautiful and we have the bottom of the line we bought like we want bert of course was like i'm gonna go buy the hundred thousand dollar whatever because i am such a big whatever and we, we went in there and i was like it's i don't like it it's really ugly it looked really like blinged out didn't have like, neon in the doors no but it was like the one he liked was baby blue the paint the interior leather was baby blue and i was like who drives a baby blue car with baby blue interior richard Pryor. Uh, somebody right <laughs> i was like what the heck and i said can i get baby blue with like khaki interior no baby blue only comes with baby blue interior okay well what other cars do you have well, the black one came with like, they called it like the cigar lounge interior. It looked like the, a cigar lounge. And I'm like, I'm not driving this car that looks like a cigar lounge. And I'm not driving baby blue on baby blue. That's so funny. Especially for that much more money. Yeah. Uh, I was like, that you don't have like black on black or. Really? They didn't. No. And the, the third 
option of the high-end interior was white leather with black trim. It was awful. I mean, that they didn't cars, get right. All of those cars sound like they were made for somebody in their Kardashian family. Well, it's not for me. Like, so blingy. It's, it's so blingy. That's yeah. the thing. I was like, this is just too flashy. A white leather seat will be destroyed with my children in two seconds flat. Who can drive white leather? Not me. I mean, the minute you slide your jeans into and out of that seat 15 times, it's baby blue. Even my brown my brown leather seats have that little side where my butt scrapes. Yeah. Like, I'm like, that's blue. Oh, those are jeans. That's it's jeans. jeans. It's your jeans, right? Yeah, it took me a minute. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was like, I got to look at some other like color combo. And they're like, you're going to have to go down in price. So we went to the lowest level in price to get a color combo we liked. Funny. But it's still a, a you know a really extremely nice they're, car. It's a beautiful vehicle. Yeah, it's great. We yeah. keep cars forever too. So see, I do too, and yeah. I'm thinking about leasing for the first time now, just business wise. I don't yeah. know. We I lease one yet. for business. Yeah, and we own one. <clears throat> and that's why. Well, that's not how we've always done it. That's the first time we've ever done it. This is yeah. the first time we've leased a car. Yeah. Um, it's our business car. But anyway, that's not why we came here. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you because I, you're the only person I know that has a blended family, and uh. I I need to talk about that. <laughs> I, what's that like? What's hard? What's easy? It's what would you Brady change? Bunch, I'll tell you that. It's, it's not, not the Brady not Bunch. The Brady Bunch. Is it the Adams family? <laughs> I would even like that. <laughs> I've loved Morticia. I was an Adams family fan. Um, yeah, it's been interesting, and I wish, I wish. Well, you know what? I can't wish because it was what it was. Uh, it has been such a vehicle of growth for me. Yeah, in looking at my stuff. Yeah. that I'm so different than when I was starting the journey. Yeah. Um, well, let's go back then and start the journey. the journey. Like you had been divorced for a long time from Xander and Elizabeth's dad. Yeah, 10, 11 years. And then you started dating. Perfectly happy single mom. Perfectly happy single mom. Then why did you start dating? I didn't date to get into a relationship. <laughs> I dated to go to concerts and movies and oh dinner God. i dated to for like a playmate i just right. wanted to go have fun and have somebody grown up that i could go have fun with um and i was dating this one guy and we go to mexico to the baja 1000 and have a great time and we were friends we were just friends there was nothing kind of like no romantic intentions it was just fine grown up fun right yep and then um i met the man I'm with now. Yeah. I'm like, do I say his name or not? Um, and we, he was newly out of a divorce. That was, and I said, you're too new out of the divorce, dude. You have a, you have a lot of road ahead of you. So let's, I don't think so. Yeah. No, I, he didn't want a relationship. I didn't want a relationship. Okay. Famous last words. Right. Ain't that the truth? So annoying. I'm never going to marry a comedian. So annoying. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not marrying a comedian. Yeah. How would that even be on your radar? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we just, it, and I think because I didn't have an agenda <laughs> and I didn't need him to like me. Right. I was simply myself. Right. And I'm a little strong. Uh-huh. Yes, you are. For some people's tastes and for men, and I'm hard to date. Like, it's hard to find a dude more dutier than me in some ways. Right. Because I own a gun and I like to race cars and I'm, you know, scuba dive and I ski and I like to garden and I know how to use power tools and, and I'm straight. Yeah. And so, you know, I just had, I had male role models that 
showed me how to do other stuff right that men have a tendency to like as well um my dad was a police officer mm. i was taught to sit with facing the door because if somebody comes in a public place you need to be able to assess the situation and react right right well so i funny halston's dad was a police officer he's so, nodding his head so you totally know this right it's the same exact thing yeah so imagine being a girl with that like who do you date who do you date that you trust enough to f- sit with your back to the door right my man right now is the first man in my life that i've ever trusted no to sit with my back to the door and that was like a really bizarro qualifier anyway so i know way too much information um so i met this guy and he was just really easy to get along with and we laughed and he's very ethical and patriotic and really cared about being a dad and he's just a really good human being yeah um and funny as hell like he just makes me laugh so um he he ended up giving me an ultimatum that he didn't think was an ultimatum which was hilarious what was that what do you mean we were sitting at a little restaurant up in our little neighborhood up there and he said, so I, mean, I know you, t- I was real open. I know you're, you know, s- dating this other guy too. And I just don't know how good I am at sharing. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's exactly what I did. I went, that's so funny. Really? Okay. He said, I said, well then, you know, because we were kind of getting on the verge of like, whether we were going to be intimate or not, because I moved slow in that area. Yeah. And he said, yeah, I'm. I go because I didn't know if I could sleep with two guys at once either. Like, I don't know if that's like my MO. I had never gone that route before. More power to you if you can. It's all good. Um, And um, I was, you know, being intimate with this other guy. And, uh, and he's, I said, well, then it's okay. We'll just stay platonic. He's like, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I was saying. And like in my head, I'm like, this is, let's see how this plays out. This is interesting. Like I'm totally strategizing in my head going, wow, this is fascinating. So he said, no, no, that's not what I meant. He said, I, I, I'm also not the guy that's going to keep dating you and not sleep with you because you're sleeping and dating another guy. I'm like, oh, okay. So you're giving me an ultimatum. No, 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 I'm not really. Cause this is what I'm hearing. And I read it back to him. He's like, oh shit, I guess I am. Right. <laughs> it was really cute. That's pretty funny. And I said, let me think about it. He said, what? <laughs> oh Again, my God. no agenda, nothing to lose. Right. Really liked him. If he walked, it was okay. Cause I didn't have no agenda yeah yeah so girls if you really want to meet a guy that likes you for who you are don't have an agenda (laughs) that's a very good advice right (laughs) so it turned out and um i realized that the way my man now treated me was was how i wanted to be treated um just many many little things and i looked at the difference from the who guy who's really just a friend yeah to somebody who was romantically inclined towards me and the difference was huge. So, right. like, okay, I pick you. He's Got like, it. Yay. That makes perfect sense. <clears throat> yeah. The, I mean, because friendship is important in a relationship. It's really important. Honesty, like actual honesty. Yeah. Without weighing it on what to say or what not to say. I caught, he and I just say it the way it is. Right. Um, and he's the first person I've ever been with that has been able to like take me for how I say it. Right. Because, again, it can come across a little strong. Anyways, this is so not about me. It's about the process. No, but it is. No, but it is because you have to have a little background to understand uh, how you got into the blended family. So super strong, independent, owned my own business for 30 years. You know, I own my own home. I bought my first house when I was 32. I've owned four since. So, um, yeah, pretty self-reliant and independent. And I'm an entrepreneur. And so... um, 
I didn't need, I've never needed a man. I've never needed a relationship. Right. What I wanted to do was find somebody I wanted to be with. Right. And so that came across in this particular individual. Yes. And um, so did four other children. He has four kids. He has four, but three were in California. His okay. other son is in um, the Midwest and grown and successful and a lovely human being. Like, I love him. Yeah. Um, the three that were here were the ones that went through the divorce. Ah, uh, and that's so damaging. And the divorce was or can be. fresh, super fresh. When I came in, I was way too early in the process mm. for them to have another person in. The mom had already been dating like weeks after she left them. And um, it was really toxic. It was really crazy and really toxic. And I felt really bad for the kids because they weren't given the support and the the therapy right. that they the processing whether it be whatever it is pastor or like somebody else to talk to and process they weren't given that support um whether or not they would have utilized it or taken it i mean i don't know yeah. i can't project that but i came in really green not knowing what to do and just decided to be myself and be honest and offer myself as like a friend or whatever. Um, you never had in my head like being their mom kind of role. Like that's just stupid. Uh, but I don't think anything I could have done based on the relationship that they have with their mom could have changed it. Because right. I don't think they can have a relationship with me without the mom feeling like they're betraying her. Right. So it was a, it was a, not, a, I mean, it was a no win situation, I think, even though I didn't know it at the time looking back. Right. Isn't that the truth? Uh, how, depending on the person, the, the adult, how, I don't know how, why anyone would interpret that step parent as a threat. Then my dad dated someone from the time I was about eight. And then they got married when I was, I think, 18. So they dated for a long time and were only married for a couple years, but were together my whole childhood. My mother was so threatened by her, so intensely threatened. And the hate that came out of my mom toward this woman who was so good to me. I keep, as an adult, I go, wouldn't you want that other woman to be good to you? You're the one that left my dad. My dad didn't left you. You left him. What's he supposed to do? Never have another woman? Well, when he has a woman, wouldn't you want that woman to be good to your child? My mom was so threatened. Well, it was kind of weird because I don't, I, uh, you know what? I don't, I don't know because I can't project on what happened on the other side of the conversation. Right. Because initially I, because they, uh, the, my, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. He and she, the ex, um, they were just at each other's throats and nothing could be said that was right. Um, and so I just tried to like plan weekends and kind of be the go-between to just like, I didn't want the drama, right? Right. I've learned my lesson with that, by the way. Why? What do you mean? You can't fix anybody else's drama. Oh no, you can't, definitely can't fix you're just, anybody You're just drama. postponing them working out their own shit. Right. Because... And, and again, I had talked briefly to you about this different perspective that I've kind of come across. And my whole processing has been it got so intense and so codependent and crazy that I couldn't keep acting the way I was acting. Okay, wait. 
Who was being codependent? And I crazy? was. You were with who? Everybody. With, with your man or with his ex? Doesn't matter. Or with the kids? Yeah. Well, you know, codependent, when you're trying to do other people's work for them, when you're absorbing other people's anger, when you're trying to manage and fix everything for everybody else, not my job. No, it's really not. But it's hard, isn't it? Because you... Because you think it is as a woman, you're supposed to be nurturing and fix it. I think that's part of it. And I think the other part of it is, if there's something you know that someone else doesn't know, you want to help them learn it, right? You want to say, hey, I I have this really great piece of knowledge. Let me give it to you. I mean, my intent was totally good. Yeah. My intent came from my heart and it was really from a good place. Yeah. But it was none of my business. Right. And that has been the piece that I've had to look at a lot of different areas of my life with. That's why I said if I had known then, but and I wouldn't have. So it's like, you know, the snake that eats its own tail. It's like the beginning, the end. Where does it begin? Where does it end? Right. But super grateful for the um, for how crazy it got, because if it hadn't have gotten that crazy, I wouldn't have had to change. I and see. I'm better for it. I see. I'm peaceful and and. It's so liberating to not have anybody but my kids be my job. And I thought I had handled that through therapy before. Like I really thought I had, I had been pulling out these little small hidden codependent threads out of my personality for like the last two years. It's been fascinating. So let me ask you this. Okay. I don't, I don't need you to be gossipy. I don't need to know details about anything. So when I ask a question, don't think I'm asking you to tell me like, so the brother hit the sister on the face, you know, but what kind of stuff were you dealing with? Were you dealing with like um, fighting between the siblings or or was it uh, like regular parenting stuff? Like, hey, your curfew's 11 and you've just blown me off, but you're living in my house and the curfew's 11. Was it that kind of stuff? Was that what you were parenting? And now that you're in charge of your own kids, you've just been able to let that go? Because I think it would help people who are listening. What you just said was really powerful when you said it's it was not my job. So the good thing about my dad's second wife was that was her philosophy from the beginning. She planned every birthday party and then stepped back and goes, this is not my kid. It's not my job. She was really healthy in a lot of that. Yeah. Um, which is such a gift. But I think a lot of people approach it differently where they think, well, it is my job. I'm married to this guy, even though you're not married. Um, I'm married to this guy. This is his kid. I, this is my role here when it may not actually be your role. So how, what I want to know is what were you doing before that? that One of the things that I have a, a, a gift, I guess, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason I can translate if two people are talking and they're not understanding what they're trying to say to each other, for some reason I can hear it differently and I can translate it to them. Ah, uh, like an intermediary. Or, yeah, or like a, a, mediator. a mediator. Yeah. yeah. So it's doing a lot of mediating. Oh. Um, I was doing a lot of path laying. Um, I was, uh, you know, he and I agreed that he's going to parent his kids. I was going to parent my kids. And, and we respected that with each other. So he and I would talk as partners and friends kind of, strategizing well what do you think about this and we're we're, what do you think i should do with that and i would give him my thoughts and and he would take it or not and i wasn't offended when he didn't because it was his call right i was okay with that i never parented his kids i support them i'd buy them things i would take them to lunch i would be a friend that's really the role that i felt i I, they were living in my house at the time they all moved in at one point you know let me go back real quick because i have 
what I would consider a really wonderful relationship with his second eldest son. Okay. Who's in college and out of state now. And I think when I said about the toxicity, the betrayal, I don't know if it's a mother daughter thing. I don't know if it's simply the relationship that the two girls have with the mom, but I just don't see how they could have been friends with me in spite of like all the other crazy boundary pushing that happened. Um, I don't know if it could have happened anyways. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. Yeah. So just to clarify that, because I, and I call him my stepson, even though we're, uh, he and I are not married. Um, I, I wish he, I wish he was mine. I yeah. adore this human being. That's great. And the truth is the two daughters, I really think are phenomenal young women too. I think they're going through a really tough time. Right. Um, and I think they both have amazing gifts and things to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope maybe one day when they grow past where they're at, if they ever do, that we could have some kind of relationship. I don't know. I'm open to it, as I've told my fiance. Um, but I, I'm really grateful for what they helped me push to learn. So right. for whatever that's worth. Right. Um, so then did you when you when you decided this is not my job? Uh, not my responsibility did is the mediation what you were doing yeah. that you stopped a lot of it yeah okay um so i learned i had a chaotic childhood you know mm-hmm. um i was raised with a rageaholic um my mother's fiance was beat her regularly Ugh. um my grandfather was a rageaholic and physically abusive so i learned to listen in on conversations. I learned to monitor the people around me mm-hmm. to make sure I was safe. Right. I didn't know I was doing that. No. I thought that's what people do. Yeah. But I needed to know, you know, where everybody was at because at any given time, the kid could blow. Right. You know, I'm talking six, seven years old. Right. So I brought that technique, that skill into my adult life, not realizing that uh, it's not what like everybody does <laughs> is your superhuman power that was developed from trauma exactly. we all have them boy exactly. let me tell you i can read somebody that quick because you spend your life reading those people to see if you're safe i know exactly yeah. what you're talking yeah. about and as an adult you can use that evil for good yeah right yeah where you go i know who that person is yeah oh I, your tone of voice just shifted my stomach dropped. My throat is tight. Exactly. You know, fight, fight, fight. So, yeah. So anyway, I, I didn't realize I was doing that, um, but I was, mm-hmm. and I was doing it to try to help them. Right. But uh, none of my business, you know, right. looking back. So, but, but I was invited to, in to do it because I was good at it right. and it was effective. Right. But what it did is it stopped them processing their relationships. Okay. So it was effective. It yeah, was helping. Totally, totally helped. Totally kept things nice in the moment. Um, but they still had to work through their relationship because basically by me interceding, I was stunting their growth. Yeah, you were. Yeah, I was stopping the flow of yeah. the river. Yeah. And they were not growing even if it had to get worse. It's because you were doing it to work for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to try and help them. And for some people, that's actually really great because some people will then learn from that. But some people don't learn from that. They just continue to use that as their coping mechanism or their crutch or their excuse or whatever it is for those uh, people. I don't know what it was for those two young ladies, but there are two different types of people. There are people who listen and, and see what you're doing and go, oh, wait, I can do that for myself, actually. And then they learn and it shifts into their own 
responsibility. And then there are people who just continue to rely on it because that's the path of least resistance, really. It's a whole lot easier to decide, well, I'll just have Tracy do it than to say, wait, why can't I do what Tracy's been doing? They don't have the skills. Right. They don't have the coping mechanisms. There's something beneath that that's missing. Way beneath. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, they're very reactive and, you know, they... I think they're mimicking a lot of what they saw growing up. Right. Um, they tell me that their dad is a completely different man with me. Oh, really? There's no screaming. There's no reaction. It's talking. But that's who I am. Right. I don't like to fight. I was raised in a freaking, you know. Shit show. Sounds like. Boxing ring. Right. Yeah, it was. Um, so I'm sent. I don't like fighting. Don't like fighting. Don't need it. Don't want it. Right. Yeah. So. Not necessary. It's not for not, me. It's it is not, for well, some people, apparently. It's not necessary to have big fights about stuff or I defame call, character or scream or hit somebody. What I would say to them was, I'm not interested in emotional masturbation. Ah, that's a good term. Some people like to get all worked out and then have that pop yeah. of that release. That's an amazing term. I'm totally stealing that. And I think people, some people are addicted to it. They just I, want yeah. that. That the people release. that are addicted to the drama. Yeah. They can't get out of the drama. Yeah. yeah. I know one or two like that. Yeah. And I just can't, I can't, I keep my distance, man. I can't, I can't do that. Yeah. There's so much unhappiness wrapped up in that. Yeah. And negativity and glass half empty and all that yeah. shit. No. I have a full bottle on the side. I don't care what's in my glass. I have a whole other bottle right, right. here, you know? That's all right. good. That's right. So yeah, it's been, um, I'm sad. You know, I'm coping. I'm sad that it couldn't have been different or it wasn't different. I do wonder if I could have done something different. But, you know, there was, um, I was just real honest and I had boundaries and um, they weren't used to boundaries being held. Mm. Um, you know, one was smoking a lot of pot and she said, I, I have to do this because my emotions are so bad and I can't deal with anything. And I said, okay, great, let's do this. I had a lot of friends party when they were in junior high and high school. I, I didn't like it, so I didn't do it, but whatever. Um, I said, let's get you into therapy and have somebody start helping you with the emotions. You can use the pot as a coping mechanism for now. Go party with your friends on the weekends and let's get you help. Yeah. 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 I want that. I want that fucking bag of shit. I can't even begin to tell you. Like really? I'm looking back on this going, God, she was good. Yeah. Like totally fed me hook, line and sink. Well, I also wanted to hear it. I wanted to think well, it was yeah. helping her. I mean, there was some yeah. ego probably involved for me. Let me help you. You know what I mean? I just try to look at it as honestly as I can. Right. Right. So, um, so then there was just one blow off after another, just not going every excuse in the book. And I'm looking at this going, it's going downhill. And my fiance is going, no, no, no. She's I'm like, uh, uh-uh, it's ain't working. And she was just starting to not do the sports and not do the school. And she was giving everything up for the pot. Oh, and I God. said, that's where the problem is. Yeah. That's, you know, therein lies the problem. Yeah. You have balance. You're being an effective human being. You're achieving your goals and moving forward in your life. Okay, do what you do. Right. But if you're losing everything for the sake of th- of that piece of whatever that you're addicted to, that's when it's whatever a problem. Whatever it is, boys, food. Yeah. Uh, Sex, video games, alcohol, video anything. games, whatever it yeah. is when you're, yeah. So um, she just didn't come home one weekend and she went back and moved in with her mom. Oh. Because the mom would give her the f- car back and she would let her smoke pot because I think they smoke pot at their house in front of their kids and a whole other world, you know? Right. So, um, 
Again, the path of least resistance. Path of least resistance, mm -hmm. um, high forms of really good manipulation. Mm. And just they weren't used to when no means no. Right. And then when the older one and I got into a physical fight. You got in a physical fight? Yeah. Oh. I, Who swung first? I just, <laughs> she pushed through me in the door. Oh, And then yeah. she grabbed me and it was just not good. No. And, and there were some really horrible things said to me. Um, and I was, I was actually really pleased and surprised that I held my tongue. Like I didn't, I have the things I could have said. And I just said one day, I hope you look back on this and you realize that I was here for you. And I think you might feel bad about it. But right now you're just being pathetic. That's Aww. what I said to her. I'm like, dude, you're, I got nothing. Yeah. So um, just start lashing out, striking out. Don't quite know where it came from. Um, but it was unfortunate. And I was very grateful that uh, my fiance backed me up. Yeah. And he said, what do I need to do? And he did what I asked. And it's what I told her was going to happen. And again, they were not used to people telling the truth and them not being able to push through or bully. Right. And so it was sad, but they're now they're not in my life. And right. He has a relationship with her. Um, the, the older one, he's not talking to the younger one at all on her choice. Mm. She's just, um, in a bad state. Right. But the piece that has been really great is that neither he or I blame each other for it. That is really helpful. We're not mad at each other. Right. Um, we talk about stuff, we accept it. He's super grateful that I'm not mad at them. They're kids. I'm like, and I told their brother, they're both amazing young women. I was crazy at that age. You look at, literally, I should be dead. Yeah, like, right? I mean, <laughs> really. Um, so therapy and being willing to work on it, but the honesty and the talking that he and I have had without blaming just sometimes it is what it is. Sometimes it's not somebody's fault, you know? That's very true. Sometimes it's not somebody's fault. And, so, and you know, I think kids who've never had no when they are older and get to know, they really come undone. They come completely un unraveled yeah. by no. And no is just so completely intolerable that it's not even a choice for them to come undone. Mm -mm. They cannot handle it. Yeah, no, she lost her mind. Yeah. Now, the other piece of this is how I'm having to come to terms with him parenting my kids mm. because he lives, he moved in with us. Yeah. And that in itself had to be extremely hard for him. Yeah. You know, our friends, our group, my house, you know, my kids and our parenting styles were definitively different. And he is a very strong alpha male. Mm -hmm. um, and so when he says no loudly, it sounds very differently than when I say no loudly. Right. And it was scary for all of us. And I had to look at what I was triggering and what I was doing because I was getting in the middle of, the, <coughs> of their relationship with him. <coughs> Excuse me. I had to decide if I trusted him enough to know that he wasn't going to do what my grandfather did. Right. I was totally projecting my grandfather onto him. Right. And, and then when I'm in therapy, I was like, oh, <laughs> that oh that oh that's triggering that other stuff mm -hmm. my therapist talks about mm -hmm. she says what's that sticking to is sticking to something old and if you can identify what it's sticking to it gets unstuck right away and you can let it go yeah. but if you can't really identify what it's sticking to it stays it stuck didn't it like i was psychically sending energy into the room that was probably messing 
everything up and making it <laughs> 10 times worse. My kids were looking at me. He was like talking. I was like this on the inside tight. And, um, and I, and now I, my therapist, who's like this life coach, I told you he's amazing. Yeah. He'll quote Rumi, Buddha and Jesus, Jesus all in like one line. He's That's amazing. Great. Um, he said, do you trust him? I said, I do trust him. He's like, what's the problem? I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, oh, you know, then all of a sudden all this childhood stuff came back. So looking at why I was reacting the way I was reacting and again, being honest with him, being human and going, oh my God, this is where this is coming from. Right. I'm so sorry. Right. And he's like, yeah, I know. What do you mean? You know, Uh (laughs) fuck you, you know, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. So then how do you think this affected your kids? How did his kids moving in affect them? Just that. How did that affect them? Um, I think they have great reverse lessons. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> like nobody wants to smoke pot now. <laughs> I see. Okay. Because they saw, and, and I was very open with them about it. Yeah. Like, okay, this is the deal. This is what she's doing. What do you think about this? She was playing this sport before and now she's not because she wants to go get high. Oh, that's stupid. Why would she do that? I'm like right. right on. That's what I'm talking about. So I was just really, I didn't hide it. I talked with them through it. You know, she'd come home and her clothes would reek and they'd walk by the door and like, what's that smell? You know, and it smelled like pot and they don't like that. Yeah. So um, uh, just sharing with them, look, this is what I'm going through with these people. And and what do you think? And how would you, you know, as a kid, what's your, I kind of included them in the process. I respected them and, and nothing was crammed down their throat. Like Mm -hmm. there was no ultimatums. It was, this is a work in progress. I'm really sorry if this is hard for you. Um, I asked them if they were okay with him moving in in the very beginning. Because if they weren't, I wasn't going to do it. Right. Because we were fine. Yeah. And it's their house too. Their life. It's their life. It is hard. I know my dad and his his, uh, second wife, never lived together till I got married. Um, and that was important to her uh, because she didn't want me to be confused. Been there, tried it, but thought about it. But your kids are older. I struggled with it. Yeah, they're older and My, I talked I to them little. about it. I talked uh, to them about it. Eight's pretty young when they started dating. Yeah. I was eight and your kids were already, what? 11? 11, yeah. They were a little older. But um, but I know if it's handled right, there's nothing wrong with it. It seems like you've handled it right. But some people, you know, it's like a revolving door. Somebody's in, three months later, someone's out. Someone's in, six months later, someone's out. That's so unhealthy. They only met one other guy that I dated in the 10 years I was single. Right. And he came as a friend. Right. He, there was no affection. There was no sleeping over that it was just absolutely not my MO like no. whatsoever. Their needs have always been more important to me than my immediate needs. Right. Some people don't parent like that. That's very true. Some people don't parent like that. Oh, um, so that's just a whole different style. But I was 39 and 41 when I had them. So right. I've had a whole lot of time to think about whether I wanted them or not, you know, right. And a lot of time to like get crazy and sleep over with somebody, have yeah. somebody sleep over one night stand. That's all that's yeah. all done. Yeah. You've done the, all the that. oats were sewed for sure. Totally. I was I felt that way too, even though I had my kids, you know, thirty-three. I still felt like I'd been there. I just just done, I'm ready. Yeah. We're done. We're gonna have a family. Yeah. This is it. We're yeah. time for that. Um, but so do you think I mean, I still wanna know, I know you were really open with it. how do you think they felt about it? Do you think they felt 
They said they were okay. Upset or oh. there got to be some part of them that goes, they why are you treating my mom that way even? Oh, they never saw the altercations. Okay. That, I, the, the, I had private conversations with people. I kind of compartmentalized that okay. part. I, see. Um, I don't think they had the tools to even understand what was going on. Right. And why I would have said like, oh, it's okay. Like, I really don't want my kids for me to say, oh, yeah, go get high with your friends on the weekend. Just go to a therapist. Like, no, no that's no, not no. my rationale for you guys at all. I'm dealing with a whole different ball of wax. Here. Right, right. So no, they weren't in those conversations. But the living together part, um, I asked them if it was okay if they would move in. You know, they had and I look back and it's like how I handled it was how I handled it. I was taking his lead because they were his kids, but we went and had a great week with them in the Midwest visiting his son. And then we came back and the girls got in an altercation with the stepdad and the mom and they left and they said, can we come live with you? Mm. Yeah. If they're going to do it to them, they're going to do it to us. Right. What the hell was I thinking? But I've never had that degree of, crazy yeah like yeah. that i've never so i had no idea it was a learning curve and he's like are you okay with it what am i going to say no like yeah my, so yeah it's definitely a learning experience that's one of those hard but, yeah if they're gonna do it to the, somebody else they're gonna do it to you that's like a big lesson it is a big lesson <clears throat> when we you know i think people tend to think that we tend to we tend to think the best of people. Most people want to think the best of yeah. someone and go, I'm helping her. She's going to take the help and run with it. And that's what we really want to believe, especially do-gooders like me and you. I want to think, well, yes, I'll give you everything. If, if that's what you need, absolutely. Yeah. But you're right. If, if he cheats on her, he's going to cheat on you. Most likely. If yeah. she fights with her, she's probably going to fight yeah. with you. Yeah. If she has drama with every person in her life, she's going to have drama with you. Yeah. That's the way she works. Yeah, exactly. So they're very um, consistent. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I was surprised. I'm like, oh, yeah, duh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should have seen this coming. I How mean, you I, know, it? I took her to yoga. The youngest one took her to yoga. Um, they both curls went vegan. I said to them, like, a week within they moved in, they went vegan. I was like, is this a test? <laughs> like, right? seriously? Because y'all are killing me. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll do my best. I, I made some boundaries. I'll do my best. I'll make. Like if I make dinner, I'll make the vegetable piece. If it has the meat in it for the whole meal, I'll just leave some out for you. Like I did that kind of right. boundary thing, bought vegan food for them. But I did whatever they, whatever they asked for, for in terms of support, um, took one to church a couple of times, uh, we'll look into the requestrian center for somebody like I, whatever they wanted, but I didn't treat them any differently than I treat my kids. If my kids want to look into an interest or need something, I'm there for them for that. Right. So I did treat them like my children in that way. Right. But the discipline and the boundary piece was their actual father's role. Right. Mine. Which is probably the healthiest thing is to have it be the dad's, you know, the releasing my opinion when I know how wrong he was in some moments that was an interesting process yeah yeah like just you know no I'm not buying that for you and then the week later because they ragged all over him and they dragged him through the mud he bought it for them like that kind of stuff that was frustrating not taking that out on him and letting go of it was probably the hardest piece like and when he sees my kids take advantage of me or work me over he gets frustrated too yeah but not taking it out on each other was really a big piece like okay i'm having a 
problem with this. This is what I'm seeing. What's your take on it? Like I would just go in curious. Mm -hmm. That seemed to be the most effective discussion technique. Curiosity, I think, is the most effective discussion technique, especially when something is tense or intense. Or personal. Or personal, to be curious. I w- I'm wondering how you're feeling about yeah. so-and-so. Tell me what you see. Yeah, that kind of, so that's been, that was good for me. So what did you, what did, what uh, you've, I want to say, what did you learn? But that seems too broad. Like, what's the most important thing you feel like you've learned from this process? Letting people be as crazy as they want to be. Yeah. <laughs> like not not trying to fix everybody. Just, and that, incl- yeah, I mean, uh, that comes down to like the woman-human part, not the blended family part. But I, I, I think to some degree, I had my boundaries and I held to them. It's like I had to protect my sanity in my home. Um, I invited him in lovingly and I, I love that he is still there and with me side by side. Um, but just, just realizing you, you can't fix everything. Right. And letting it go, like fixing what you can with what sits, you know, in my reach for myself and my kids and honoring other people's ability and process themselves. Right. Brought me a lot of peace. That's great. That honoring someone else's process, it can be really hard to do. It takes a lot of maturity, I think, to say, this is not my bag. Not this, my monkeys, not my circus. Yeah, you know? <laughs> this is yeah, this is not mine. Mm-hmm. Um, because we I don't know about you, but almost everything that happens on the planet is my fault. <laughs> everything. I mean, what's Trump being elected is definitely my fault. <laughs> I mean, uh, everything is But but my I'm fault. guessing you didn't vote for him, so it really isn't. I didn't, <laughs> <Okay>. but <laughs> but it is my fault somehow. <laughs> I've made it my fault. I don't have that. I have that. I have that. And I know uh, at a certain maturity, you go, this is out of my control. This is not my business. Like you said, Uh, not even this is none of my business, but this is not mine. Mm -mm. This is yours. Not my job. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do it lovingly. It doesn't have to be with an F you go handle it yourself. Right. It's simply just releasing with love and going, man, and, and, my therapist, my life coach, whatever, he is so good because he's helping me and hold my space is the term he uses. Mm. Somebody says something to me that's off. I go, wow. Oh, okay. Right. I don't have to be anything to anybody. Right. It's been fascinating, this little journey of mine. That's awesome. And do you think that that was started from your family being blended? I mean, obviously it started before then. I, I don't imagine you're someone who hasn't been curious about growing and learning, at, you know, for your whole life. Therapy saved my life when I was 25. Yeah. Because yeah. of the crazy. Yeah. yeah. Therapy saved my life at 23 also. It yeah. changed my life. It was one of the things. I, I, one of them. I don't know. I don't know what I would have been or where I would have gone if I hadn't had that pulled out. Just it was a lot. It was a lot. Right. So there's hope. There's hope, man. So for everybody. Yeah. I, you know, I made reactions and decisions and I was desperate. My dad left when I was two. Um, I use sex as a tool for, you know, acceptance and finding somebody like fill that daddy void or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I just wasn't honoring myself. I wasn't comfortable with myself. I didn't think I was enough. Um, I've learned that I've had uh, something called the orphan complex 
where I What's did that? I didn't feel like I had a place in the world. Like I was like valuable enough to be here, which is one of the reasons I think I tap danced so much with over gifting or fixing other people's problems. I was constantly trying to prove that I had value and like I had a, a right to be in this world. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people self-medicate with various things to overcome that feeling of lack of. Mm-hmm. Um, my therapist said something the other day. He said, I'm sensing a shift in you. He goes, you feel like you're legitimate now, don't you? I was like, okay, weird word, what? He goes, no, you feel like you have a place here. Right. I was like, oh shit, yeah, I do. Like I'm quieter, as long as chatty as I am right now, I don't talk as much as I used to. I don't jump in anymore. Um, I'm observing more because I'm okay right where I'm at. Right. It's very liberating. It is very liberating. Uh, there's a poem got by Khalil Gibran I'll have to send you about, um, God, I'm going to screw it up so bad. But it's about we talk when we're not at peace with who we are, basically is about what it is. And we, we only talk when we're not at peace with who we are, which I think is really true because you – are nervous and you don't know what to do and you feel out of place and so you start chattering or babbling you feel like you have to do something you have like to, do to make something. it right yeah. yeah and talking is one of those things you have to do yeah um well that's good that you've got to that place you are legitimate we all are i think it is hard to know he that. said something so brilliant to me he goes look the egg and the sperm came together with that in itself you are a miracle of the cosmos you are a part of the big bang theory the mother and the father were arbitrary accidents. You came together at the perfect moment to make you exactly you. Oh, that's enough. Yeah, that I is was enough. Like, right on. That like, is enough. Yeah. That in itself, like our parents have nothing to do with like who we are as spiritual beings, like at the core of ourselves. They affect us good and bad. Yep. But who we are and what we want to do with that is up to us. Yes, very true. 100% up to you. I mean, I, I've said this before with all the shit childhood I had at a certain age, I went, OK, you can no longer blame mom or dad for anything from this point forward. Oh, interesting. Anything from this point forward is your fault or your responsibility or your choice or yours, your success or your failure. You got to stop blaming the past for today. Today is today. And you can either choose to look at the things that are making you make bad choices or have bad behaviors and change that, right? Or you can just feel like shit for the rest of your life. Your choice. I remember having that conscious thought from today on, I can no longer blame my parents for any behavior I choose. It's powerful. Because I chose it. Yep. They may have, things may have happened in life, right? But how you react to, to those things that have happened at a certain maturity is your choice. I think when you're immature, when you're young, you, you, you're just developmentally not able to do that. I mean, even your, um, I don't want to call her your stepdaughter, but you're fine. essentially your yeah. stepdaughter, even she may not have the maturity to make those choices, not even yet. if she's given every single tool on the planet yeah. because of just your human growth and development. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're, you know, your brain doesn't fully develop till you're like 23. So it's, um, 
But there, I believe there does come a time where you have to make that shift or you'll never be happy not or fulfilled or feel complete. What? What are you laughing at? My, I just say you'll never be happy. It's like my grandmother was happiest when she was miserable. It was like that. She was born in 1905. But she wasn't like, happy. But she wasn't. But it was a familiar feeling. And yeah. sometimes we'll go back to familiar even though it's negative and bad. Totally. It's because it's familiar. Mm-hmm. Breaking out of old habits and patterns, even if it's how we view ourselves and forgiving ourselves, can be very uncomfortable. Oh, very terrifying in some ways. Very uncomfortable. And it, it sometimes feels life-threatening. Yeah. Right? It yeah. feels like I'm going to die yeah. if I, ABC, yeah. whatever it is. And the part is, is that that part of you dies, the one that you don't need anymore. Because yeah. what our actions, how our coping skills are decisions we made when we were younger that worked for us. That based on survival based most on survival. of the time. That's right. Especially people who grow up through trauma, almost all of your decisions were based on survival. It wasn't about... You know, like, do I want the red crayon or the green? I mean, those decisions were there, too. But there were decisions required of kids who had trauma that weren't required of of other Mm -hmm. children. And so kids, people that grow up with trauma, I think, have like a, a two sided coin. One side really sucks because there's a lot of negative patterns in place that helped you survive. The other side of that coin is the superhuman power you have of being able to read someone's language and tone of voice and see where there's danger, Mm -hmm. my ability to size somebody up. And I can know what somebody's modus operandi is in like five minutes. I know exactly what makes you tick. I know what makes you tick. I know what makes you tick. I'm really good at that. You tell me later. And that's that. (laughs) And that's like the other side of that coin. So you, you, and one doesn't really come without the other. You would never have developed that skill if you hadn't needed it. So it's not that you want that or you want that to happen to somebody, but now that the ship has sailed and it has happened, how do you turn that into good? How do you, why do you want to sit in the bad of it? And what do I have to decide that I don't need anymore that's not serving its purpose? That's just kind of getting in my way of peace. Yes. You know, like peace that listening progress. piece, that, that inner, like the mediating thing saved my family. Like I could get everybody to stop fighting by mm. hearing what that was my survival. I see. But now, it gets in the way because I'm not that little girl anymore. I don't need that anymore. I have to just decide what I'm going to replace it with. Right. You know? Or do you even need it? Well, I guess you would. Some people, yeah, I don't replace well, now it. Now I'm going to replace know. it with accepting people's journey. Now right. I'm going to replace it with letting it go. Right. Instead of feeling the need to jump in and fix it. Right. I'm not that little girl anymore. It's not going to physically or emotionally threaten me anymore. So let's back off. Let's right. Now it's my peace, you know? Right, right. So the gift you got from this blended family was what? Could be more than one. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. Like she saw me count one gift. Um, no, you no. know what? Uh, greater self awareness. Greater self awareness. That's yeah. great. I, I got to know myself more, good and bad. Right. And then because I had support in place, um, I was able to figure out who I want to be now. Right. At 57. <laughs> Aren't we always figuring out who we want to be now? Because who we were two years ago, four years ago, 10 years ago is a totally different human yeah. in most ways. So let me ask you this. What what does your fiance do better than you where your kids are concerned? Holds them accountable. He's better at that than you? But you're so good at that. 
he sees the stuff I don't. <laughs> okay. He sees the stuff I don't. And sometimes I think he's too harsh on them or he's misreading it or he's like projecting. And but we talk about it. Um, I think he, I think he's better at helping them be independent. Definitely. Okay. That's great. That's definitely. Yeah. And it makes him crazy. Like they ask me questions about everything. Makes him crazy. It's making me crazy now too. <laughs> you already know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah. That shit makes me crazy too. Makes how many, crazy. how many Advil do I take? It's on the bottle in your hand. I do that too. And I go, I, I and then I finish it with, Listen, if I just answered the question, I wouldn't help you. Yeah. You're going to be in a dorm room going, how many Advil I take? You're going to call me? No, read the freaking bottle. Yeah. This is a lesson. This is not me saying I am denying you my care. <clears throat> read the bottle. Yeah. I am actually giving you the best parent care by saying, read the bottle. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the thing. I think sometimes if you explain the why to the kids, they go, oh, okay, I see. Yeah, I I I'm a big explainer for sure. They I am still too. ask me what time it is as they're standing in front of the clock, though. So I can't even begin to tell you. Why they do don't they do need, that? They don't know how to read the dial hands. They do digital fine. The dial, like a real clock with the hands. Yeah. They both go, huh, oh, five, ten. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my kids. <laughs> I got to walk away. This is the worst with my kids. Okay, we have a pantry. And in the pantry is our dog food and all of all our food, but our dog food's in the pantry. So I feed the dogs in the morning, but one of them feeds it at night and they they take turns. George does one week, I does the next week. I Priscilla has so many medications and she has to we have to put them in like almond butter or peanut butter or something. She won't take the she hates pill pockets and she won't do anything but like almond butter, peanut butter, or obviously some kind of meat. So Every effing day, they walk into the pantry. I have a little stool in there. They sit down, open the dog food, scoop out the kibble. Hey, mom, could you hand me a spoon? And every day I go, no, you know you're going in there needing a spoon. Get the spoon before you go in the pantry. You know how long I've been saying that exact phase? At least at least 12 months straight. And I'm not joking. I'm not joking. It's not even. And then they get so annoyed with me because I make them get out of the pantry, walk five steps to the drawer to get a spoon, which they should have thought to get before they get in there. Yeah. But they will not learn. So I told the kids, I don't want to be rude or um, dismissive. But when you ask me a question that I either know that you can do yourself or that you already know the answer to, I am simply not going to respond. <laughs> I will be standing right next to them doing dishes and they will ask me a question and I will just keep on washing the damn dishes. How funny. I'm like, no, I'm not even giving you my breath because right? this is ridiculous. And I also do this. Um, uh, uh, hey, mom, where's my uh, where's my phone? And I go, where do you think your phone is? Well, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. Well, why don't you retrace your steps? Why would I know where your phone is? Well, you just notice things around the house. Well, maybe if you paid attention, you'd notice things around the house, too. Do you think I just came with that skill here on the planet? You have to develop it. They make me crazy yeah. sometimes with their with their um, lack of motivation to learn, right? Being left on your own latchkey kid where there's nobody home to ask, you figure the shit out, right? Me too, yeah. But Nobody again, home. necessity is the mother of invention, right? Exactly. Or like trained uselessness. It's like all these terms we've talked about. As long as they know we're going to do it, 
you know, when they but know. But they don't do it. That's the thing is they, uh, is they continue to go in the pantry without the spoon. And, and they continue. Don't do I don't do it. I don't give them the spoon. And they continue to go in the pantry without the spoon. That's hilarious. So then are they dumb? So every time they ask you for a spoon, they have to put a dollar in a jar. Oh, negative reinforcement somehow. That maybe that's what I do because I go. It's just repercussion. It's whatever the word is. But like something happens when they do it because obviously that's not working. They keep asking. (laughs) I keep not giving, but they still keep asking. So they're not learning. Yeah, they're not. That's the problem. Give them a reason. (laughs) See, the whole parenting thing for me. It's like the whole punishment thing never made sense because it's after the fact. And how are you going to keep I, I I have always tried to find ways to make my children want to do stuff. Yeah. I mean, as a human being, I only do stuff when I want to. Yeah. Right. Totally. Uh, to not do something to avoid something else. OK, you really have to have a higher level of thought. Yeah. And when you're 14, 15, 18, that part of your brain does not exist yet. Do you know what right, I mean? Right, really? Right. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever else going to go make a guy joke. But it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it's always been that give you a reason to want to do it. So maybe that'll give them reason to not want to not do it. Maybe, or to want to do it, or to, to not have to put the thing. Or in the you jar. get a quarter when you get the spoon yourself, but they no, should already be doing paying it, so them. That doesn't matter. So that's yeah. another thing that I have a problem with is that I go, "Why well, shouldn't have to tell you to do that over and over again?" You, yeah. I've told you enough. You have the information, right? <laughs> yeah, it's so frustrating. They're little turkeys, all of them, and I just I, there's so many times in life. I'm sure you probably do this too, where I go. I would have loved to have had someone home to ask, right? Yeah. I didn't have anybody home to ask. Yeah. And I had to just figure it out. Yeah. And in the figuring out, it was actually better in the long run. And I think that's a huge part of parenting now. I think we do way too much for our kids. Yeah. I think we undermine their ability to be independent because of what we didn't have. I don't know why, but it seems to be a plague an epidemic whatever like freaking everybody does it i'm guilty of it helicopter thing i am too yeah but just damn it they can do it they can do it they can do it i know today uh georgia has finals and uh i said what time do i need to pick you up because the bus i knew she was going to get out between like 11 12 somewhere in there and um she said come at 11 45 I'll for sure be ready 11.45. I said, great. So I'm driving to her 11.30 and she calls me, where are you? And I went, you told me 11.45. I'm 10 minutes away. Okay, I'll see you in 10 minutes. But I was like, really? You? I'm, I'm doing exactly what you told me. 11.45. I don't know where you think you get off thinking I should be there at 11.30. You think I'm and sit it's there not okay minutes? to just sit and wait for me. Yeah, right. Without barking. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get a little bit of that too. And then I look at her. I'm like, did you hear yourself? Sorry, mom. (laughs) Sorry, mom. You have two great kids. You have two exceptional, lovely, great kids. They're good human beings. They are good human beings. They are. Xander got an award at school today. He did. He's graduating from high school, as you know. I cannot believe that, first of all. crazy. He's the oldest one in 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 our group, so. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the teacher, his history teacher in... um, homeroom teacher said she was going to miss him because he has the most inquisitive mind and has the most brilliant question she's ever run across in a student amazing and I went, yeah that's him ah, that's Andrew <laughs> for sure questions a minute he is but, very yeah. inquisitive but i can't remember what the name of the ward was but it was pretty cool 
That's awesome. Does he do anything special for graduation? Like out to eat or anything? We are actually, we're having family group over. I don't know. You guys are around. Come over. Um, Tacos. uh, June 7th. I sent you an invite. I sent you an invite. You did? I did send you an invite. I know I did. I don't know. It's like. I think it's one of the ones who hasn't been viewed. I have a problem with a few people. Yeah. You and Kathy and a couple other people like don't get my evites. It's yeah. the weirdest thing. It is weird. I, I don't. Yeah, I did. I don't yeah. remember. Seeing no, I did. Evite. I know you guys are on the list. Okay. Because he loves you guys. You may have to like copy the link and text it to I you will. That's what I'll Sorry. do. Sorry. So yeah, we're having uh, tacos at the house. Probably 40 people. Awesome. Um, I, I have, I don't know how I did it, but I went and like under my bed and in the basement and in the garage i found pictures of him from child and artwork from like <gasps> kindergarten all through to high school and i'm gonna do like a display because his grandmother from ohio and my father from arizona who by the way didn't make my high school graduation um are gonna be there awesome and they haven't seen any of this stuff that's amazing so that'll be fun that'll be really fun people are really honoring him and showing up and i'm so grateful for it yeah it's been a my, my son has asperger's for those of you who haven't i'm the mom with that kid with the asperger's yes um and so it's been an interesting road and it's i'm i i'm just blown away that here we are at the end of this road because when he got diagnosed i wondered oh my god is he going to graduate from high school is he ever going to go to college what's he going to be like how's that last iep going to be like all these questions of what's in front of us and here we are right and i'm really blown away like, and he's exceptional he really is he is and he's quirky as hell but he is exceptional well aren't we all quirky as hell yeah, in this he neighborhood is. but he is he's an exceptional so. young man he Thank really you. is he is a great young man i love seeing him every time i go to your house makes me super happy thank you he's all plugged in and he wants to chit chat and yeah i know you think about a kid with like autism or asperger's being like quiet that's not the case uh, anymore i knew and what was not. weird at graduation not graduation day but the award ceremony a lot more girls Really? Like like four times as many girls as there were even last year. Really? Really. Wow. Which means more girls are getting diagnosed, more girls are having it. I don't know, but right. it's a weird thing. It is a weird thing. It is weird. I wonder if we just know more about it and can identify it than we did Maybe. when we were younger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, blended families, uh, it's a growing machine. It's an opportunity like to grow it. and look at yourself and have an even i think closer more intimate relationship with your partner because there's more challenges to work on and overcome right and if you're honest and not judgmental and don't get scared and you really like are present with one another it's made our relationship stronger that's amazing that's what you would want right that should be the end result right <laughs> one would hope yeah one would hope because they're gonna make you better it's gonna break you <laughs> well that's the way with having any kids right yeah, but if you're not meant to be together and you have a baby you're freaking done for right yeah, babies never make it better guys no <laughs> they don't make it better they make it um deeper yeah you know if you uh if I mean, in terms of if it's bad, like it's not going to fix problems. Exactly. That's what I meant. Right. Yeah. 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 It, no, babies don't fix problems for it sure. It makes it deeper. So if the problems are deep. That's right. The problems get it deeper. It applies to yeah. either. Yeah. Everything. If your love is deep, then your love gets deeper if it's all working well. But well, thanks for sharing about your blended family. I um I never thought of myself in a blended family, but I, I adore and value my st- stepmother who's no longer my stepmother but um she's still very much part of my life um and i um 
I say this to people. I don't know many. I don't know. I think you're the only person I know that really that I know like have a, a friendship with that has a blended family. But I've talked to people who are either getting married or recently married and have gone into a blended family. And the opportunity you have to show a different perspective than the parents you've known your whole life is is just so valuable. And if the kid can stay open, that's the problem. That's the hard part is that the kids tend to or at least I know I stayed very loyal to my dad and against my will a little bit stayed loyal to my mom. I didn't want to upset my mom by getting close to my And stepmother. that's what I was talking about. Right. The betrayal piece. Yes. Yeah. And even though I had a terrible relationship <clears throat> with my mother, it still is like almost against your instinct yeah. to become close to this other woman. Yeah. It's like a survival thing. Mm-hmm. And when I became an adult, I got really close to her. And I, we had pockets of being close. Like we we did certain things together. We, we made cookies every Christmas the whole time they were dated all the whole time. Like Christmas cookie time was our special old thing. But I could never share that with my mom. I never like, that was just like a secret. And it could have just been in your head. It could have just been in my in my. Head. I mean, who knows? Because it was your mom. But yes. for the most part, I think that what the girls may have gone through with the push and pull. Now, maybe they just didn't like me. That's completely possible. Maybe I was a bitch and I didn't even realize I was being a bitch and I was right. being controlling. I mean, I have no idea what their perspective of me is. Right. Maybe it had nothing to do with their mom because right. their mom seemed fine with me, but you never know. Yeah. Like I also learned to stop figuring out other people's stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like I can't yeah, guess. Yeah. No. Like, no. Don't even bother. Don't it just even is what it is. It's a yeah. duck. It's a duck. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I it could have all just been in their heads, but right. that's their reality. So that's all that matters. That is all that matters. And for for me, um, having a stepmother uh, after I grew up. I realized how lucky I was to have this third adult who was on my team, on my side, uh, even when she wasn't on my side. You know, she was still on my side. That's what I would hope I had hoped to have been for them. Right. And, you know, I do love them. It's funny because as crazy as it was, I do love them. And if if it came down to it, if they needed anything, I would be there for them. Right. Of course. I would. Well, of course. And the fact of the matter is you're the adult and they're still a child. Yeah. If they're in high school, let's face it, they're still children. So they don't even know who they are or which ends up no. at this point. No. And, you know, you're the type of person that would never be like, hey, screw you. You were nasty to me when you were in high school and I'm not talking to you anymore. You would never do that. That's not who <laughs> you are. But anybody that's going into the blended family idea i think there's just so much opportunity for love and growth and patience um take it slow don't jump in on two feet that's right don't project your agenda on it like you can't figure out how it's going to be it is a one day at a time thing man right and let it be that exactly that's the thing you have to let it be that like if you have a picture of what you think it's going to be or what you need it to be to be happy I think you'll be sorely disappointed and you'll cause yourself a lot of grief. I agree. I agree. You have to let it be what it's going to be. It's kind of like tie-dye in a shirt. <laughs> Tie it all up. You have no idea what it's going to look like at the end. You know what some I mean? Of, some of the dye seeps in. Some of it don't. Exactly. You just don't know. There's a wait till you take those rubber bands off. <laughs> and Hope for the best. Yeah. And then it all washes out in the end anyway. So not really. I love how you did that. <laughs> but anyway, thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. I hope people who listen learn something or 
or at least can you know hope you don't feel alone exactly going through something and it resonates with you like yeah that happens to me too yeah or that did happen to me or my relationship fell apart with my blended family or i don't get along with my step whoever and yeah it happens it's unfortunate but it happens and 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 yeah, it doesn't make you a bad Life person. Life is just a series of adjustments. It is, isn't it? It's a bob and weave, a bob yeah. and weave. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Tracy. Thank you, darling. <laughs>